boys and welcome to the second to last Bring On United podcast of the 2021-2022 season and thank the Lord for that. Oh, it's it's finally coming to an end. One more game of this season for Manchester United, their worst season in 33 years, their worst Premier League season ever. We've lost a club legend as our manager, we've been in absolute turmoil, we've been absolutely shit. I don't think we've I think we've been everything really. I don't think there's a word you could just one word you could use to describe this season other than shit and awful and just oh there's no positives really other than Cristiano Ronaldo being back and scoring goals in a red shirt again. But yes, we are back to preview that Palace game which will come towards the end. But even with Manchester United not playing this weekend, I thought my weekend's gonna be good, it can't be ruined. And then Mason Mount goes and misses a penalty and the Scousers They've got their second trophy of the season. And then on Sunday, Red Mara's missed a penalty and has basically allowed Liverpool to take this to the final day of the season to win the league. And please shoot me now. Please. Oh, yeah, Sunday, Saturday night, I was feeling crap. I was forced to a party. It felt like I was in Phoenix Nights. I don't even know where I was. I was in, like, some fucking shed and for some 50-year-old party and... There were a lot of scouters there, and I was sat in a corner, very glum, very sad. And, yeah, contemplating everything. And then City, I was eating my Sunday dinner. And this time I ruined that. It was delicious, but I didn't have an appetite after Mbari's missed that penalty. It just seems to be all going wrong for Manchester United. The scouters are on for a quadruple, and we're shit. I'm with Zach. I'll let him have a word now. Um. Yeah, no, it's weird, because... I hate seeing Liverpool win trophies, but like, if it was just a League Cup and and even an FA Cup double, I I wouldn't be that bothered. Like, it, you know, I I can get over that, but I think it is just that idea that we'd assume that the quadruple wasn't happening, and the closer we've got to the end of the season, the more you are like, okay, it's still unlikely because City have it in their hands, and and when a team as good as Man City have it in their hands, you always bank on them to do it. But it literally now only takes one you know, City defeats or draw and the quadruple is on. All they've got to do is win two games. And and that's what it is now. It's like, I just wanted Chelsea to win that penalty shootout just so I knew, just so I knew that our treble was safe. And now it's like, oh God, it's, it's coming down to the wire. But yeah, I, I'm just, I'm so ready to finish this season off now. Just get that sixth place Europa League spot wrapped up. Let City win the league. It's not great, but it's a million times better than the Scousers. And I mean, the highlight for me, now is just please Real Madrid win that Champions League. I, I'm, I am fully a Galacticos, whatever you call it. I am Hala Madrid all the way through now for the next couple of weeks. That's all my season rides on. Just, just please Madrid and City, do your job. Yeah, I'm getting the cigars out for Don Carlo if he can produce a masterclass. And like he said, he's he's a, he's part scout. He's an Evertonian. He wants to do it for them. Um, he basically left him in a sinking ship. I don't think they like him that much. But yes, it wasn't all doom and gloom for Manchester United. Uh, This time last week, I was heading out to the FA Youth Cup final to watch our mighty Reds win the cup through a record time. And they beat um, Nottingham Forest 3-1. It was a brilliant game. The atmosphere, uh, walking down from the uh, tram from Old Trafford, tram stop, uh, down to the ground, there were chants. um, You know, United with stands, magazines getting sold left and right. Um, it was just a re- it was like a proper game. Like there were sixty seven and a half thousand people there. 
smashing the record attendance for a final. I mean, it had more than the Women's FA Cup final at Wembley. I know tickets were a pound and everything like that. But for an under-18 game, it was crazy. Once you got inside, the, you know, it was just brilliant, beautiful. It took me back to when Manchester United were actually good. Going down Old Trafford, listening to Glory Glory Man United, uh, all the songs came out at the end with the trophies. It was a beautiful, beautiful day uh, and a really fun game. I mean, them players deserved it. Nottingham Forest were probably the better team for a lot of it, but in classic Manchester United fashion, uh, we got a penalty which were a free kick. Thank God, thank the Lord for no VAR. And yeah, Ganacho, what he's he's a player. I'm hoping to see him this Sunday. Uh, the final goal to wrap it up, where he, he, he fake shot about what three. It was like I was watching a FIFA game. He was just pulling out all the fake shots. And he put it at that near post. I was right in front of him. Um, and yeah, he came over to us all. It was brilliant. And it was nice seeing Manchester United win a trophy. Yeah, I mean, I, I was gutted, to be honest, that I couldn't make it. I felt like I really missed out on a, on a special day. But I tweeted out quite a lot of times, really. It did make me feel very, very proud to be a Man United fan. And, and you know, I, I got a lot of stick back from, you know, other teams' fans, as you would. They're saying, oh, you only went because it was £1 and because your team's rubbish. Just, just to let, in case anyone didn't know, I did, I did a little bit of research into it. The last time we were in a Youth Cup final uh, was 2011. It was that sort of iconic sort of team with, like, Lingard and Pogba, I think, um, that sort of Ravel Morrison, lo loads of, like, big names at the time. We played Sheffield United over two legs. At Bramall Lane, there were nearly 30,000 people. And at Old Trafford, there were nearly 25,000, I think. And I'm like, I think they pulled up last year, Liverpool versus City had 4,000 people. Like, true, true, back then it wasn't 60,000. And yeah, the, the extra numbers is because United were terrible and stuff. But it just shows how much we appreciate our youth and how much support we do give them. And it is very, very impressive because they are the next generation. I mean... I'd fully expect a couple of those players to be playing first team next year. I'm sure they'll make a couple of appearances. Uh, but no, I think it was just a really proud day. Uh, nice to wrap up the season on a positive note. Uh, you know, we sort of, we ended the Premier League season on a positive note at Old Trafford, at least with the win over Brentford. And that's what you want, really. You know, even after a terrible season, just end on a high. And, and this, yeah, this uh, Youth Cup win was an even bigger high. And, you know, hopefully for those players now, it's going to show them this is why you don't want to go off and join somebody else now that you're a young kid. You know, we see loads of young English players before they really try and break through in the Premier League going off now. Players like Jude Bellingham, Jaden Sancho, Reese Nelson. Because we want these players to stick around. We want them to have a go at trying to push into the United team. And that's the way you do it. Give them a great atmosphere, 60,000 plus people. Awesome. And, you know, last thing while we're on it, Nottingham Forest, fair play to them. Took a load of fans too. Also, I talking about Forest and our youth. Hopefully we're all behind Forest for the um, playoff final on the weekend because Garner's in that team. That was always awesome to see. Diallo's got a Europa League final as well tonight uh, as we're recording this. So I'm, I'm one of those people. I like to see our young lads out on loan doing well as, as well. So I just thought I'd mention that as well. Good luck, Forest, and good luck, Garner. See, I'm from Bradford, uh, in between Leeds and uh, obviously Huddersfield. And everyone up here is Forest because Bradford City fans hate Huddersfield. Leeds hate Huddersfield. So just to be different, I, I love Huddersfield just to piss them off. But I, yeah, I'm, I, 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 I was actually, a, I, I'm a Sheffield United guy though in Yorkshire, just because just West Yorkshire is shit all, to be honest. So yeah, but it was a good game last night, that actually. James Gagher almost scoring like the last second of the game. It was a brilliant save by uh, 
Fongingham uh, for the Sheffield United goalkeeper. But yeah, fair play to the Forest fans as well. There were probably about 7,000 of them there. They took up uh, quite a mm. lot of the uh, uh, scans, uh, not just obviously the designated away end, but they were creeping behind the goal. Uh, it was a brilliant night for the young guys, especially. I mean, he, he was getting Viva Ganacho chance. I mean, how special must that have been for a 17 year old to hear that? Uh, the Strat thing, yeah. singing your home as you scored a winning penalty uh, and a, a, well, got a brace. But yeah, so it was a nice day. Uh, hopefully, we'll see a few. And yeah, uh, I mean, in that 2011 game, there was also a, a, a young man called Harry Maguire playing for Sheffield United. Yeah, good shout. Um, I wonder what he's doing Please nowadays. Forgot about it. So yeah, um, this I don't week, want to know. <laughs> this week also brought the news that Eric Ten Hag, or Ten Hag, you, you get to speak like a scout when you say it. Apparently, um, has cut short his Eric uh, Ajax contract by six weeks. Uh, not gone with him to a Dutch Caribbean island for a little party. Instead, he's sticking around in Amsterdam on the beautiful canal house he has. I saw on uh, Dutch TV. It's a beautiful area. Um, I don't think you'll be finding anything as good as that in Manchester. To be honest. Um, to start work for Manchester United. He, he, there were reports coming in that he was going to fly into the UK Monday and a lot of fan channels and stuff were running with that and you know, it's what the case. He, he's staying around in Ajax, uh, well, in Amsterdam, working remotely till the end of the season. And yeah, he's, he's got a lot to do. Um, Mitchell van der Gaal is going to be his assistant. He's bringing along a familiar face, speaking of trebles, Steve McLaren, the former assistant manager to Sir Ferguson from February 99 when Brian Kidd left and he took us on that famous journey to the treble, to the promised land. He's coming back. A lot of people are sceptical about this. I think even Manchester United was sceptical at first, thinking he's been in a lot of uh, boardroom level roles recently. At Derby, he was like an advisor to Wayne Rooney up in the boardroom with transfers with his son, who's also left Derby. But uh, Eric Ten Hag wants him. He was the assistant to McLaren at FC Twente. And yeah, I, I think this is really good. Um, Eric Ten Hag doesn't seem the most outgoing guy. He's not like Ralph Ramrick. He's not a talker. He's not a, he's not an extrovert, basically. He seems quite within himself, you know, deep thinker, quiet, uh, thoughtful, a bit angry. He, he always looks really quite quizzical and angry. And he's coming into the biggest club in the world to a cesspit of abuse, um, of just everything. Like, Manchester United, is its, it's its own weird thing. Oh, outside of that train ground, the media, the country England's different. He's never been here, he's never lived here. He's not brilliant, apparently, with English, but from what I've seen, he speaks pretty good English, to be honest. And also, mm. he doesn't know the Premier League. Let's say Huddersfield come up. Do you think he even knows where Huddersfield is? Do you think he knows how to play, how Huddersfield play? Do you think he knows anything about going to Turf Moor? Do you think he knows the atmosphere at you know, other places? He needs the media, everything. He needs someone who knows all this. And Steve McLaren is that man, someone he trusts, someone he's very good friends with, someone he knows, you know, someone who will help him, not just settling in football, but in the area of Manchester, it, moving to a foreign country um, when you've been so settled in uh, at, uh, Holland for so many years. He needs a friend. He needs someone who knows the area. And I think it's a really good hire, actually. Um, because as a coach, Steve McLaren has been a really good one. Um, and yeah, just having that knowledge of English football, he's not going to be his assistant. He's not going to be running training or anything like that. Um, Eric Tankar is quite a hands-on coach when it comes to that. So I don't see why everyone's got this massive uproar about it, really. 
No, I think I think look, I guess a lot of people will just remember the first and most recent thing they think of when they think of him and a lot of people will think of that, you know, his disaster at Newcastle and stuff like that, you know. Sure, like a lot of managers have been in the business for a long time and people in football there are good days and bad days and, and unfortunately for a lot of them the bad days do get remembered more. But ultimately a big complaint that people had with Ollie was that the backroom was quite inexperienced it was almost obviously i know mclaren's had history with the united and everything of course but the, the new backroom was almost way too heavy on that like we just went for it almost felt like we went for people because they'd been at united rather than just because of what they'd actually done in football after that for, for example so to bring somebody in who's just had a very good experience in you know as you said, in football, a long career, they've had experience in the UK, they've had experience in Holland, so they'll be able to, you know, have that connection with Ten Hag on that sort of level. He'll feel like it's someone, not necessarily from home, but as in, like, they'll be able to talk about Holland and all that. They've both managed in the same league in that sort of sense. So they've got a bit of a relationship and, and a bit of a tie-in in that sort of sense. And, and yeah, ultimately, we talk about having to trust the manager in terms of signings and, and players and who he starts and everything. You've got to trust him on his staff. You know, he knows who he wants and, and let him let him run with it. And, and ultimately, it'll be a case of none of them are going to stick around if Ten Hag doesn't work. If he goes, they'll go. And, and that's fine. Trust him. Yeah, I completely agree. But also, obviously, what we all famously remember is the Wally with the Broly. We all remember Roy Hodgson sat in that dugout against Iceland. But um, he's rebuilt his career since. And he actually, after that England job, he went to Holland and won the league with FC20. He went to Wolfsburg. So he did recover from being the Wally you know, that, that awful night at Wembley against Croatia. I always remember mm -hmm. that. Scott Carson being an absolute disaster that night. He's learnt from that. He's great. He's not the manager. And I just think he'll help so much with the press um, because Eric Ten Hag, like we've said, he's a quiet man. You know, he's, yeah, he's worked at the Beast Club in Holland, but now he's got the Beast Club in the world. And he doesn't seem mm. that comfortable in front of a camera. He see, I mean, even Edwin van der Sar in his leaving... Uh, speech described him as weird so to come into that where the world's media are going to be always asking you questions so I think Steve McLaren's going to be such a big help I wouldn't be surprised if you see McLaren do press conferences f from time to time just to shield uh, Ten Hag and protect him and you know especially stuff like League Cup FA Cup you know stuff like that um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in front of the media because he's a good talker and another vital thing is um, Ten Hag uh, sorry McLaren is He's really big on psychology and helping players out. You're know, talking to them, and I think a lot of these players need that at the moment. Just a nice man, you know, sit down with them, talk. You know, Rashford, Maguire, a lot of them will just need a bit of arm, a guy with an, uh, an arm around them. It's funny you should mention though um, the two coaches, uh, well, McKenna and Carrick. You were referring to under Ollie because this week Laurie Whitwell uh, of the Athletic did a brilliant piece and insight into training at Old Trafford since Ralph Ramrick took over. And apparently the players who didn't who were leaking stuff about Ollie, uh, Ollie's coaching staff missed the guys and Ewan Sharp and uh, Chris Armas are not good enough. Who, what, who is good enough for these these players? I mean, this uh, uh, they were leaking stuff to impress in the last few weeks of Ollie that Carrick and McKenna were not good enough, but then seemed to actually enjoy Carrick's management, and now they're they're blowing the whistle on Ewan Sharp and Chris Armas. Yeah, I mean, they, they just can't be pleased, can they? I think the only way you can actually please these players is if you came in and gave them an extra day off. Um, but 
Yeah, I, I just I don't know. You know, what's the answer? Do you come in and mollycoddle them? Do you come in and just slam them and just basically say everything changes now? I don't know. That's Ten Hag's job. But as you say, bringing in more experienced people with him, hopefully that'll be more people to sit down and, and try and work out, OK, what is the approach? And, and yeah, I mean, ultimately, you're not here to give the players a good time. You want them to be happy. You want them to be proud to play for Manchester United. But we're not going to get back to where we need to be if we're all happy and singing and dancing and everyone's walking out of training going, oh, that was a fun little light morning session. No, something has to change. So, you know, these players haven't earned the right to be turning around and saying, oh, th these sessions aren't good enough. These people trainers aren't good enough. They've got to prove that they're good enough first. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't listen to a word they say anymore. It was big news in the papers. Sky Sports was sharing everything about it when there was rumours that... Eric Ten Hag would not want to keep Cristiano Ronaldo. Not much news when they said he was going to keep him around. He's a giant and I can't wait to work with him. They really didn't want mm. Ronaldo back at Manchester United next season, I don't think. But it's go it looks like it's going to happen. Ronaldo came out and said very nice and flattering things about Ten Hag and hoping he can't wait to work with him as the players are excited. And then Ten Hag came out. So... After all that worry, it looks like Cristiano Ronaldo will be still banging in the goals for Manchester United next season at Old Trafford, which I can't wait for. Oh, me neither. I just I just don't think... If a manager is coming in and the first thing they're saying is, I can't work with Cristiano Ronaldo, he needs to go, I'm worried about that manager already. I mean, we're talking about one of the greatest players of all time, who, yeah, he's a bit older now, but you wouldn't know it. If you didn't know his age and you watched him play compared to some players in their late 20s you'd, you'd think he was the same age as them you know he's an absolute machine he's what in the top five I don't know where he is now I think Son's broken away a bit but he must be what third or fourth third. still in the top scorers third. list third. I mean that's that's just bearing in mind the team he's playing in and the age he is and the fact that he's just stepped back into the hardest league in the world that's mental. I mean, you'd be mental not to have him, bearing in mind, as we've said so many times before, we've got so many different positions to strengthen. Why get rid of the best, you know, one of the best strikers in the world? Just, just, just no. So, yeah, I'm, I'm buzzing he's staying and I couldn't care less what the media think. Uh, I, In my heart, as much as I know we've got such a big job, I just can't see a world where Ronaldo leaves and we haven't won something. I just can't see it. Surely it's just written. He, you know, this guy writes scripts. Surely he's not going to leave this job until he feels he's achieved something. And is that Fabrizio Romano keeps tweeting about Ronaldo wants to make Manchester United great again? I, I hope that's not Ronaldo's phrasing. Please don't let that be Ronaldo's phrasing. Um, other players were being linked with then because we are Manchester United. I could pro I would probably give you about two hours to go through every single player because it feels we've been linked with about 200. I mean, we've been linked with every player at Ajax, um, and even Edwin van der Sar. I mean, I don't think Ajax will be a football club at this rate. We're going to take everyone according to the papers. Um, but obviously, last week as I was leaving Old Trafford, uh, Gerard Romero uh, was t saying Frankie Dion. Frankie Dion? Frankie? I don't know. Dion, it's 50%. Is it Frankie? Frankie. Yeah, it's with an E, not an E. I think. It? Yeah, Frankie. Yeah. Um, he's ninety-five percent all but done. Uh, but last night he was backtracking. Um, I, I I didn't get too carried away when he was saying that because I think I've heard of him before. He's brilliantly reliable, um, but he's got a few things right. I think he was the one who first came out with the Aguero retirement and stuff. Uh, apparently, Frankie Jones not too keen on leaving Barca or 
uh, for a team with no Champions League football. But Eric Ten Hag, like the heartbroken boyfriend, calling him up every night saying, please, please, please. Which, if you don't want to come, sit. Okay, fair enough. Thank, thanks for speaking to us. Hope you do well. We've made too many mistakes with players who only want to come for money or are too sold on the project. We need players who want to come in. I know it's a cliche, oh, they want to play for that badge, play in front of these fans. But if you need a, you need to be running a guy every night to convince him, it's, don't, don't, don't do it, I, I think. We've had too many of them recently. I actually think Oli started to move away from that. Uh, in the last two transfer windows. I don't think Ronaldo ever wanted to go to Man City. I'm of that belief. That was a ploy by his agents to draw out Manchester United. I mean, obviously Varane wanted to come. Um, Sancho clearly wanted to come. We'd been after him for so long. But now, I hope Long is start chasing players who don't really want to come. I'm a bit worried about that. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, no, I just think a, a big thing... For us as United fans is is obviously pride. It's one of the biggest things this club has. And, and even, you know, back in the day of Fergie, if a play, as soon as a player had any interest in leaving, that was it. I think the only real example of one person being persuaded was Ronaldo stayed the extra year. But it was always a case of, OK, you want to leave, you will go. Um, we don't want to be begging players. I think the day that Manchester United have to beg players to join is the day we go, OK, something is seriously wrong here. As a player... I'd love to have him at Old Trafford. I mean, I think the idea that Ten Hag is handpicking him and is desperate makes me think, and, you know, it's it's not like it's someone he's never worked with. He's worked with him before and won trophies and, and gone, you know, great cup runs and stuff. So that excites me. And also, I, I remember looking up. For some reason, I thought De Jong was maybe late 20s or something, but he's still early. I think he's like 24. Like, we'd be getting a good young player in. Um, and I, and I, always, I always like players when we buy them when we haven't got Champions League football because it makes me think they are more committed to the club. They're not just coming because, oh, we'll play Champions League football with Manchester United and stuff. It makes me think that they actually do believe in the project or they respect the club or something. But yeah, as you say, if it gets to a point where we're begging him, because the problem then is, let's say we beg him and we go, okay, come on, please come, Frankie. And then eventually he goes, okay. He's going to turn around to his agent and go, look, got this off from Man United. I'm not too sure if I want to do it or not. Let's highball them. Let's ask for a whole load of money. And look, if they say no, they say no. And, you know, it becomes that sort of thing, that sort of thing we've had with Pogba now where it's like, right, okay, so we're either going to have to, you know, we're going to pay a load of money to a player who's not desperate to be here. It puts the ball in their court, really. So I'm with you. I'm not a big fan of it. But if he does come to Old Trafford and he's happy, that would be a fantastic first signing, definitely. It's a position we really need strengthening in. Uh, I remember I, I read somewhere, I, again, I try and watch a bit of Barcelona. I don't watch loads, I'm, so I'm not too clued up. But I know he can play both as a CDM and as your sort of number eight. So two positions that we could do with filling. So it's not going to be a bad thing, is it? No. Um, only other one is Timber, Sky in Germany, talking about, uh, we've been talking about into Ajax, been talking with it only cost around 35 million quid. Um, he, he can play right back, he can play centre back, another one from Ajax. There's obviously Anthony. There's, we've been linked with everyone and every. I mean, we've been linked with Kante this week. Um, I don't know who we haven't been linked with. Uh, God, we've been linked with everyone under Ten Hag. So I'm not, we're not going to spend too much longer on the transfers. But yeah, we, it's clearly in motion now with Ten Hag working from home with John Murtering, constant con uh, contact. 
because John Murtry is literally a one man machine at the moment running this football club. Everyone's gone. Matt Judge has gone. Um, yeah, I, I don't know who's left at Old Trafford. Uh, John Murtry is literally every role. So who knows what will happen? No, it's we'll, been we'll, great we'll to see a mass clear out. Yeah, we'll, we'll know more in the next few weeks. I'm guessing it's still very early. You want to get your business done early, but you don't get to see much of it done till mm-hmm. around. Uh, June time we're, we're still in May so I, I don't think we should be too worried just yet um, let him get in Manchester and get his feet under the table and I'm sure we'll see a few players coming in by the mid-June so hopefully yeah, yeah fingers crossed on to the last day of the season we were playing at Selhurst Park it's Crystal Palace Patrick Vieira Ralph Ramnick saying goodbye to being the manager um it's got to be a weird one. Obviously, we need a win, basically, to uh, guarantee a Europa League spot or win that, uh, that other one, Conference League, win the Conference. Uh, sounds really... Like, you can tell why they call it the Conference because it's shit. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, it's got to be weird. I, I, like, I, I feel like we'll win. I'm not too... But I, I should be more bothered because we might not... Be, we, it might condemn us to the Conference League, but... It's hard to get motivated for this game. Uh, but let's speak about Ralph Randnick first. Of course, he came in with all this hype, all this, oh my God, Man United have done, done something amazing here. I mean, you've heard it all before. Every time we get a manager, she a manager. It's like, oh God. And we started, well, I was at that Palace game. Um, then we joined Young Boys. We beat Norwich by a penalty. I mean, we, he lost one in 14 at one point, but the wheels did come off. And it was, it's not been the best, has it? Like, yeah, he does his press conferences and says stuff, but... It's just not worked. Yeah, I, th- I think the worrying thing is you pull up that stat of obviously losing one in 14, which which sounds impressive, but he had a very easy run when he came in of fixtures. And I remember we drew a lot in that period too. And it was a case of we really needed to win those games over Christmas and January because we knew going into like February, March, April, we had all the big boys again. You know, we had a couple of them away as well. We had the Champions League coming back. We had the FA Cup. It was like, okay, you know, we we had a, we had a serious run where if we'd got some form together, we could have pushed into the top four, and that could have been enough to keep us there even to this point. But it just never worked. I mean, I remember when he was linked. It was everyone was talking about his system. You know, the Gagan press, all of that. And he's just never found it. And I wonder if that is partially because he was an interim manager. He never just thought, okay, I need to develop my own system with this squad. He just thought, okay, I'm going to think of a system, play with it until it falls apart, and then I'll just give him a new one because it doesn't really matter. And that's just what it's felt like. Like trying to predict the team that we'd go with for a game has been nearly impossible because you just don't know what he's going to do. So, no, I I think it's a shame. I mean... If if ultimately Ten Hag comes in now and we start to climb up and we and we eventually get back to where we are, I think we'll look back on Ralph Rangnick and we'll go, I'm glad he came in. Because even though as a manager, it was a bit of a disaster and he's not really done a very good job. You know, we, We've been rubbish to watch for the last few months. We've lost so many games. It's not been great. There hasn't really even been like a moment, like a game, you know, like a. I know there's been like the Tottenham ones and stuff, but there's not been like a super game. Right? It's just been so flat and boring to be a United fan, really. But if this is the result, you know, him coming in, him exposing everybody, him hammering the players, him being able to now go and give Ten Hag, you know, genuine information, not just guessing, but tell him. This is what it's like. This is what the locker room's like. This is who trains hard. This is who doesn't. And that causes us to have a good couple of seasons. 
you've got to say it's worth it then, I think. Because this season was pretty much a write-off anyway. I don't think we were ever really going to achieve anything. I've never been of that opinion that, um, you know, like the last few days you've been here, oh, you know, a lot of journalists, a lot of Spurs fans, even a few United fans, oh, Conte, Conte, Conte. But yeah, I mean, don't judge Ralph Rennick by Conte. We're going to judge Eric Ten Hag by Conte. Like, we waited to get the man. We mm. should make that impulse decision of Conte, who normally blows up, who wouldn't have worked well with the board, who wouldn't have worked well with these players, I don't think. I mean, you'd have Ronaldo probably as a win back or something crazy. Um, joking, of course, he'd have been up front. Um, we'd, have, we'd have probably got top four under Conte. But this long-term plan, this unex- this new exciting thing in Ten Hag, he seems like he has like a long-term structure. Of, you know, don't judge uh, Randit by Conte. Ju- judge uh, Ten Hag next season by Conte. And yeah, I mean, we wouldn't even have to go on like, this amazing run, I don't think, to get top four. We have just needed to win like two more games, and that's I think that's what's so frustrating about this season. If we go look back at it as a whole, I don't want to go too far back, so I'll, I'll, I'll be very sad about Ole and uh, how that transpired. Um, I just, from now that Leeds game getting on the train at half seven, hoping that can of a red stripe to now, it, it doesn't even feel the same season. But I. That is such a distant memory. That Wolves away game, you know, the way fans singing for Viva Ronaldo, we just signed him. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong this season has done. It's just, oh, it's so weird. But yeah, we. I think what's so frustrating is we didn't even get to go on a good run. We need to win, what, one or two more games that we drew and we'd have been in the top four. That's how, like, shit Arsenal and Tottenham have been. They're getting all these plaudits. But they've just been just as shit, really. And, like, we were joking off air about Arsenal. They've had the best season in almost a decade. And they're going to be in the Europa League with us. So, so well done, Arsenal. Well done. Mm. Yeah, fantastic Mikel Arteta. So much better than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But, yeah, um, obviously, I think we'll win. I think Palace will be in, like, beach mode, as we always seem to be. I know Patrick Vieira might have still something else in them. We'll be in the Europa League. Um, and yeah, I don't really... I want to see Ganaccio probably play. But other than, I'm really not up for this game at all. Just... That's, that's what you've done to me this season, guys. I, I could care less. I'm just worried. I, I'm not even looking forward to any of the other games. I'm more worried about them and what will happen. Um, I mean, if you want to do like an end-of-season award thing, well done, Ronaldo. You, you've won everything. I mean, De Gea may be playing the season. I don't know. Ronaldo scored 24 goals. They can share it, you know, well done. Uh, that's oh, it. The only two players who can hold their heads high, that that's for sure. I, I, I'm glad we're not having an end-of-season award ceremony. Um, thanks to Ralph Rangnick. He, he, he's tried, I think. Uh, I guess once we went out of the Champions League, everything just fell apart after that Atletico game. And mm. we're just looking forward now to next season. But yeah, obviously... Elsewhere in the Premier League, we're, we're hoping for the shitty citizen Stockport players to win against Villa. Please, I mean, it's just that storyline, isn't there? That Gerard can finally win a league for Liverpool. Um, after all, he tried while he was there. He can actually do it by beating him. It is scary, and I. St- I'm so scared about it. I'm not genuinely. Even There's nothing to look forward to on the last day of the season for me. I mean. Lee's going down would be funny but it takes away six points next season so and we always struggle against Burnley 
Britain will be forgetting laugh at Leeds. So, yeah, hopefully Leeds go down and City with a Leeds and Liverpool don't. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's just been a weird one. It's. I think it'll just be... This title might be something like, it's almost over, thank the Lord, or something like that. Um, because that's how we all feel. It's just get to that finish line. Yeah, well, genuinely, like from a neutral perspective, when was the last time we went into the final day of the season with the league title still going on, the, the title race going on, top four race, Europa League race, and the relegation battle? You know, in terms of like as a day of football, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm terrified because I'm thinking we could drop into the Conference League and Liverpool could win the league and be one game away from the quadruple. So. I, I I don't want to watch. I don't want to think about it. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I, yeah. I, as a football fan, I'm glad that we're actually we're at this stage of the season and we've still got something to watch. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I just want it to end now. Like just just get just get us past that Champions League final. Just whatever happens, just 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 end it. It's quite sad that was a Europa League. It was a thing called a Europa League race. Now and we're involved in it. Um, I don't think. We're I know. I, I'm I'm pushing it there, <laughs> saying there is a Europa League race. I think if you weren't a United or West Ham fan, you just wouldn't bother. Like, no. No, who cares? But uh, for us, I guess it's it's something. I don't think there'll be a Champions League race. I mean, I can't see Norwich doing anything against Tottenham. They'll be like falling up at half time or something. Um, but yeah, it'll be weird. It'll be interesting. I'll be watching the relegation battle. I think with the United game on a laptop because, of course, we're not going to be on TV. Who would care about that game? Um, so yeah, I think that'll be it for this week. Um, we're playing Palace. Good, good, good times. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be celebrating next week because um, Liverpool won't be league champions, I guess. So I think that'll be where we end it. I thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Please do subscribe. Give us a like. Comment down below your thoughts and all this Manchester United nonsense. Uh, give us five stars on Spotify and Apple. And until next week, guys. Thank you for listening or watching. Goodbye.